I'll be point blank as a marketer myself. I think marketers are becoming extremely lazy, and I'll tell you why. How is that for a teaser? In today's episode, we are joined by the one and only Sangram Badre, the co-founder and CMO at Terminus, to discuss the ABM tech stack and the Flip My Funnel movement. So much has changed with ABM since we last spoke a year ago, and we discuss why and how. There's a lot of lot of great reasons. I think the whole last year has been extraordinary, not just for us, for I think just marketers in general. Uh, I mean, if anybody has gone to like the Martech conference, that uh, Scott Brinker would recognize that it has again grown like 100% year <laughs> over year in terms of how many new technologies are coming in. I think I, I really feel the reason we are starting to see this spike is pretty much because of this five-year magic that I feel like that happens every single every, every five years. So if you think about in 2000 um, time, that was email, and everybody was able to do email, and a lot of fun things happened with that. Uh, companies like Exact Target and others that were born um, that were then acquired by Salesforce uh, recently. Then you fast forward five years, you see then marketing automation came along, and they said, well, they're sending all these emails. We've got to capture all these leads. Well, how do we do that? Um, and that's really where marketing automation said, well, we can do that. We can do form handling and all that stuff, and we'll capture leads. Well, great. Uh, fast forward five years later, 2010, Predictive came along. Is like, well, we got too many leads coming in, and the salespeople are saying that these leads are crap, and we need to get better leads and better quality leads. Not every single lead that downloads the infographic for Game of Thrones is a, is a valid lead. They're probably a Game of Thrones fan, not a fan of my product or customer, right? And so, so we as marketers have done so much content marketing so that we look at leads as success. And Predictive was born because we need to now give lead sales um, the right kind of leads as opposed to every single lead, the right kind of account. And again, if you fast forward that five years, which is 2015, I think it's pretty natural that you know now that we are finding marketers and salespeople need to focus on the right kind of accounts and right kind of leads, the one thing that hasn't changed is in the last 15 years, they're only focusing on email as a medium of communication, but there's a lot changed for how we engage as buyers through mobile and social and web and videos and stuff like. But that hasn't really transformed in B2B marketing playbook. And I think that is what the biggest change that has happened leading to account-based marketing, which is what to do next. Once I have the person, once I know the account, what do I do next outside of sending email? And I think that answer to that question is giving rise to ABM. Absolutely. And Sangram, I'm curious too, I mean, is there sort of any study out there sort of showing how we've seen, you know, these principles and technology sort of change, you know, I guess if we say 2015 is, I guess, the start of that evolution in the one year since that, has there sort of been a significant growth in ABM adoption? Yeah, um, I think there has been significant growth to a point where um, we, we have customers sometimes come in and say, hey, look, we have ABM as our you know, list of things that we have to discover, understand what it is, and try to do something or at least pilot this year. <laughs> you know, and, and they may not have strategies or anything like that kind of figured out, but they want to do it because they're hearing about it. They understand the concept. Um, they feel like it's the right thing to do. But it's almost at the point where marketing automation was in 2007, 2008, where people said, well, this is important, we should do it, but nobody really did it as much. And then all of a sudden, there was a mass adoption of, of it. So I think we are at the cusp of that. Um, there's a lot of intent, there's a lot of interest, uh, and but there are very few uh, companies that are actually implementing it, and even fewer who are actually seeing results because it hasn't been there for a while. So I think this year is going to be the year of 
really implementing ABM strategies, go from concept to actually deploying it, and then start seeing some early results. But every sense of what we're seeing with, you know, last year we were at this time, as you said, it is decisions for like, you know, you know, 10, 15 customers. Now we are over 200 customers. Um, and we feel like every time that every new customer that we are hearing and talking to today is so much more sophisticated and understands the principle than what we talked a year ago. So that is very, very encouraging. Yeah, and I'm curious too, Sangam, I mean, how how has the technology sort of changed? I know the idea of account-based marketing has transformed so much, and uh, we've heard so much about it, as you mentioned earlier, from a content perspective, there's so much out there right now. But from a technology perspective, has a lot changed? I mean, I feel like I maybe don't necessarily know as much about the technology yeah. of ABM, so I, I'd just love to hear yeah. a little bit more about that growth as well. Yeah, yeah. I think the ABM stack is getting defined and redefined every day. Um, and I think the stack is getting more and more interesting. Uh, so I look at ABM as a combination of you got to have table stakes, which is your CRM, marketing automation. It's not replacing any of that. What happens or what where the stack is really building the technologies to look out for is technologies that are going to help you do things, do account-based marketing at scale at the same time to help you do account-based marketing at, at a personalization level. So I know it sounds very, very conflicting, but allow me to kind of explain that for a second. So when I think about account-based marketing at scale, it's when you know that these are the list of accounts. And as an example, let's say you want to run a pipeline velocity campaign where you know some of these accounts have raised their hand and said they want to, they're interested in the, in, in the solution. They have identified their problem. Your salesperson has qualified them they're going to buy from you or your competitor, right? So at that point, they've all done everything possible on the customer side to say that they are ready to buy from you or your competitor. That's when marketers typically back off and say it's a sales job. And I think that's where now marketers need to jump in and say, let's give air cover to this account and now run campaigns to engage the entire account. And the technology, to your question, it is through how do I make sure that everybody in the decision-making process is aware, well, we can't just keep emailing them. Maybe we should do a direct mail. Maybe we should put an ad in front of Facebook where so that they can actually see the message, not just that person, but all the other. Maybe we should run and create a video of a customer testimonial that is pertinent to their industry and their vertical and their persona so that they can understand how we solve the problem better. And not just to that person, but that entire department so that they as a department kind of feel better affinity to the brand. Um, maybe we should be running ads in front of them and putting that message in front of that case study in front of them in every way, shape, or form 24-7 for the next 30 days when they're in the sales cycle, they're hot and heavy, and, and they're making their decision. That kind of thought process and that kind of stack building of like, how do I make sure I'm able to do this at scale for every single company that's in opportunity stage, that's game-changing. And I think that's where a lot of the companies are emerging from a technology perspective, is how can we help companies do account-based marketing at scale? The other part, which is how can I do account-based marketing with personalization, is the interesting one, which I don't think a lot of people have jumped into with solutions for it, which is, great, we can do this at scale, but what if I want to just focus on one company? And te technically, well, you do you really need technology for that, or do you just really need a Trello board that says, hey, for this company, um, let's just send them a direct mail and ad campaign and, and, and a message and a blog article and stuff like that. So you, how can you personalize companies and messaging to a certain companies based on the fact that it's a million-dollar deal or a $10 million deal 
And how do you put all the eggs in that one bucket? I think there's a lot to be seen in the personalization phase that I don't think I'm seeing anybody do. But I'm seeing a lot more vendors jump in and help marketers do ABM at scale, which is what's super interesting right now. Absolutely. And I think I, that personalization concept and idea is really, really interesting. And But I think you mentioned another really important concept uh, and idea here, Sangram, and that's sort of the idea of how you know sales and marketing need to work together to sort of develop this target account list. But how would you say account-based marketing has sort of redefined the roles of sales and marketing? Has it redefined the roles? And how does that sort of change over the next couple of years as more and more companies and marketing and sales teams are starting to implement uh, these concepts and practices? Yeah, it's a very, very important question. When I was running marketing at Pardot, um, as we went through the acquisition, I remember telling the same story that I'm telling today, which is, hey, it's all about sales and marketing alignment, but the story was never as, as you know, real as it is in ABM, I think, because at that point, the whole point was, can we assign the leads to the sales team? Can we automate that process? And can we make sure that at least that's happening as opposed to sending people leads in, in, a, in an Excel spreadsheet or sending people leads at the end of the week? How can we do that stuff real time and somebody fills up a form and stuff like that? That's really what marketing automation did. It didn't really necessarily align sales and marketing. It optimized the process of um, putting leads into the sales queue in Salesforce so that they can work on it. That's really what it did, even though alignment was a bigger reason why that started. So that's well and good. And I think ABM is way more closer to that because you really can't work on accounts on your own in marketing in a, in a, in a la-la land because it won't really do anything. The success is when you actually go to your sales team and say, what are the 100 accounts that you're working on that are going to close in the next 90 days? How can we help? Asking that one simple question really changes the game. And that's really when ABM becomes super effective, right? Because now you're going to help the salesperson close deals. You're talking money to them. They, they, you salespeople never hire a lead executive. They always hire an account executive. They all understand accounts. You ask any salesperson out there saying, hey, uh, who did he close? They would never say that, hey, I just closed Jeff. I, don't, I, did, I did just close Jake or Bob or Tom. They would always say the name of the company. So the salespeople know that it is a bigger play, there are more people involved in the decision, and it's the account company that they, they close. So when marketer goes and say, can I help you close these accounts that you are focused on for the next 90 days, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run a, a create a webinar campaign. I'm going to create a blog article specific. I'm going to run ad campaigns to it. And we're also going to do a direct mail to give you tremendous amount of air cover. Not interject with your process. Do what you are got to do, sales guy. But as a marketing, I'm going to do all these things to give air cover. So we're going to get that message in front of all the other people in that decision-making process. And we're going to show you analytics and metrics to see that the engagement from that account is increasing because you're doing all this stuff. That kind of conversation, who wouldn't go to, um, you know, get excited with it, right? So I think the sales and marketing alignment story is actually getting real with account-based marketing, which has always more, more, more or less has been a fable uh, when it came to, to marketing automation. So I'm, I'm really pumped about that. Absolutely. It sort of requires your sales and marketing team to have that conversation because if marketing is just going after target accounts that they think are valuable and sales is like, why did you spend all this time on this account? It doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, that that yeah. really doesn't make any sense. I'll just add to that yeah. real quick is, is that I have never seen, and you tell me otherwise, or anybody who might be listening to this could tell me otherwise, is I have never seen a marketer lose a job because the sales numbers are going up. 
just doesn't happen, right? Because if the revenue is going up, marketers would never lose a job, even if they haven't met their lead quota or whatever it is, or even their pipeline quota. Marketing never ever loses their job because uh, that the company is meeting or exceeding revenue goals. But marketers, more often than not, lose their jobs or whatever it might be, or their hiring is cut or their budget is cut because the company revenue goals are not met or sales revenue goals are not met. That in itself kind of got to show that we are so tied to the hip that all the other metrics of, you know, that marketers are getting excited about, like downloads and leads and this, that, and the other, really doesn't guarantee their job, really doesn't guarantee company success. So it's in best interest of smart marketers to be aligned way more with the revenue numbers that sales have, because that's how, in many ways, you got to keep your job. And I think that's really, it sounds a little bit dark, but it's the reality of where, uh, where B2B is. Something else that you mentioned, Sangram, earlier was sort of this idea of account-based selling and how it started with sales. It pains me to ask this question, but I'm curious your thoughts. Is sales, are, are they just smarter than marketing? Did they just figure it out sooner? Why Why are we as marketers sort of lagging behind a little bit with this, with this idea? I'll be point blank. As a marketer myself, I think marketers are becoming extremely lazy. And I'll tell you why. And, and I put myself in that category at the top of the list of being the laziest marketer. It is so easy to whip up a content and put it on, on the distribution channels and market the heck out of it, run campaigns to get people to download more of it or partner up with somebody to do a 100 million email blast, whatever they want to do to download, get more leads. Lead generation has almost become an easy button solution and marketers are getting better and better and better and better at that. Um, go to an event, sponsor. You get 1,000 people who drop their business card in a fishbowl to get an iPad and you consider that as a lead, right? So if marketers really look at everything they're doing, I think marketers are getting lazy. I'm not saying they're not working hard, but they're getting lazy about the output and the throughput of what they're really trying to achieve. Sales, on the other hand, they have no other op- option. Salesperson doesn't meet a quota for three months, they're out of a job. So sales are always focused on like, I need to close this deal, otherwise I'm not going to have money to feed my family, right? So the so sales doesn't have an option. There is no other viewpoint that they have. The so sales all, always knew and always have been about how do I make sure that I take this prospect or an account from one stage to another, and it, it, it is a process that they have been following from the beginning of B2B sales process started. Marketers didn't really have tools and technologies to support that, and I think now, as we went from the era of email to marketing automation to predictive to account-based marketing, we finally are starting to figure out that, hey, you know what? We actually can impact sales. We don't have to just have a shiny new object or shiny new free giveaway or just a booth, and that's considered that as, as, as marketing. We actually can impact revenue, and that will be marketing. And I think that realization can go a long way. Yeah, and I think too, I mean, I feel like marketing sort of historically has been sort of in, I guess, if you want to classify it as this, but sort of the Mad Men days, so more of a creative brand storytelling aspect. But now I feel like we're sort of at the point now, especially as revenue marketing becomes more and more important, that you really need to make sure and attribute your marketing campaigns and platforms to, you know, a dollar value into a sales amount. So uh, I think that aligns directly with something like account-based marketing and uh, no better place to have that sort of conversation and to hear more about this idea than Flip My Funnel. Sangram, how how has each sort of Flip My Funnel uh, been different? How I'm curious how sort of the road show has been different than uh, your show in Atlanta and how will that sort of be different than Austin uh, coming up here in June? 
yeah, Austin is going to be phenomenal. We already have over 500 people registered for the conference. Um, so it's very exciting. There are like amazing speakers like, you know, John Miller, uh, Craig Rosenberg, David Rabb, um, and they're like, you know, like really, really amazing sponsors that we have signed up for the conference um, on Flip and And it's, it's really the community of ABM kind of coming together and saying, hey, we need a bigger um, you know, a bigger way to kind of talk about this and just focus on this one thing, which is account-based marketing, sales, success, like everything, whatever it is. We just need to kind of focus, focus on it and kind of drill in. And there are like about 12 or 13 case studies. Um, so the conference is going to be going to be really, really phenomenal in Austin um, and in, uh, in Boston. And I think the way things have transitioned, the first conference that we did a year ago almost in Atlanta, we all did was one track, all thought leadership, and it's all about challenging the status quo of B2B marketing and sales. Since then, we have done five other Flipmapform conference in Boston, Chicago, and San Francisco, and now going back to Austin we realize that now customers, people are getting sophisticated and they not only want to know why it's important, there are obviously cohorts of people who kind of want to still know that, but then there are people who are saying, I get it. I want to do this. How do I do it? Show me examples. Show me success. And that's what the next set of uh, flip-down funnel contents are going to be. They're going to be 12 plus case studies, purely talking about how certain companies got started with ABM. How did they change the narrative internally about ABM? How did they got their sales counterparts to be on it or the team restructuring? Um, how are the jobs that they are creating uh, within their departments that are talking about ABM? So we're going to talk about a skill set that you need to be uh, an account-based marketing uh, individual. Uh, and, and lastly, but like super importantly, is what is the journey? What is the, the metrics that they're using to, to actually look at and say, hey, this is how we're going to measure success? Because clearly it's not about leads. Clearly, it's not about clicks or impressions. Clearly, it's not about any of those. Clearly, it's more about how do I get closer to the revenue? And that journey, that story of metrics and alignment is very, very exciting and, and something that I look forward to hearing a lot more at the, at the Flip on Funnel Conference. Absolutely. And in one sentence, Sangram, what's sort of the call to action? Why should someone attend uh, Flip My Funnel Festival coming up here in Austin? Say they, uh, we, we always believe in uh, kind of turning customers into heroes and trails. They, we feel like it is an inspiring time to be a marketer. It is an exciting time to be a marketer. But if you're still sending emails and looking at that as a marketing, I think you need to kind of think again. And if you want to ready, if you're ready to challenge the status quo, this is the conference for you. Awesome. Well, I am super excited to see, uh, you know, all the speakers, uh, as you said, awesome case studies. But I think I'm mostly curious to see what sort of Nikki has up her sleeve. There's always those fun, you know, the lead <laughs> graveyard, the picketers out front. There's always that little extra dose of uh, yep. creative storytelling that I'm uh, really looking forward to. So, Sangram, thanks so much uh, for joining me today. How can our listeners find out more about you and Terminus and Flip My Funnel? You can go to Terminus.com. You can follow me at at Sangram Vajre, I'm pretty active on Twitter. Some say too much, uh, too too much active. Uh, if you ask my wife, uh, and you know, check out Flip My Funnel, uh, FlipMyFunnel.com. It's a fun site where uh, it's not about terminus; it is about the community and uh, a lot of great players are and thought leaders are just talking about uh, how they are helping other companies do ABM. So excited about that. Also, account-based marketing for dummies came out about a month ago too. So that's also something else. Yeah. Um, so thanks again, Sangram, for uh, for joining me. A phenomenal episode, and I'm uh, really excited about uh, Flip My Funnel coming up here. Thank you so much. And to find out more about B2B Nation Marketing Edition, check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or any of our others. Thanks for listening.